The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business. Our guest today is Harris Glasser. He is a serial entrepreneur. By the time he was 28, he had built a successful construction business, and then he started other businesses after that, which I'm going to have him tell us about. But he's also written a book called It's My Money and I Want It. He's going to be talking about that as well, and he's going to be talking about all kinds of different things that he's learned as a business owner that you should know as well. So welcome to the show today, Harris. Thank you, Kelly. It's great to be here. Okay, let's talk about your background. I mentioned that you had already built a successful construction business by the time you were 28 years old. What was your entrepreneurial inspiration? Why construction? And how in the heck, by the time you were 28, had you managed to build it successfully? Well, as far as that, I always, you know, you say we get up, we go to work, we try hard, God does the rest. <laughs> but anyway, I was 28 years old. Had, uh, 20. I was 20 years old, gotten married, had a few dollars in wedding gifts, and my dad lent me a few thousand dollars. And I used to work for him and his partner who did construction contracting for the city of New York, different agencies, Board of Education, Health and Hospital, you know, and Post Office for the feds. So every summer I would work for them as a laborer, working with the carpenters and the plasterers and the roofers and you know, I got my got to know my way around. Then when I got out of school, I went to work for them in the office, learned estimating. And when I got married, I started bidding little jobs, very little jobs. My first job was 500, I was low bidder on a $500 job. Oh, wow. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> that was but, low. <laughs> yes. Well, well, you know, back then, though, let's say it was like a $7,500 job. You know, mm-hmm. pizza was 15 cents. Let's say it was a 15 times difference. You got your foot job. in the door. Got your foot in the door. Yeah, got started. But, but somehow, you know, you show up every day and you get a little bigger job, a little bigger, bigger, bigger. And it was uh, sometimes life is funny. Everything you touch turns great or it turns terrible. Things I just find life is like that. And it was a period in my life. It was a great period. And before you knew it, I was taking jobs, bidding against second generation contractors. There I was a kid in my early 20s getting jobs, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars and so on. And my dad, they give me some great advice. Number one, the first thing I asked was, Dad, how much money do I need to make to be rich? <laughs> and he said, rich. He says, what would you do if you were rich? Wear two pair of pants at one time, eat an extra slice of pizza. <laughs> he says, just be happy. I said, I got it. I got the philosophy. I understand. He says, but then how much money do I need to be rich, please? (laughs) So he said, tell you what. He said, if you always earn, spend, if you always spend a dollar less than you earn, you'll always be rich. But if you always spend a dollar more than you earn, no matter how much you earn, you'll always be poor. Mm. 
Mm. Yeah. Okay, that was great. Great, great advice. No, I mean, cash is king. And so if you've always got that extra dollar, you're always going to have something for a rainy day or when the client doesn't come in or you've got an unexpected expense. Great advice. That's exactly right. And you're never stressing about meeting, you know, that you're, uh, you know, the mortgage on the house or whatever. Right. Then the second piece of advice he gave, which is great, he said money would be slow in payments from the government. They, they are notorious for that. He said, so the phones will be ringing as you grow in business, off the hook, people calling for payment. You know, you're billing every 90 days, every 30 days, you're not getting paid for 90 days. You're always going to be behind the eight ball as far as that. Not maybe profits, but hurting. He said, return people's calls. People don't do that. They're getting calls from the subcontractors, suppliers, et cetera, for money. Payments didn't come in, and they're shirking them. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. Now, this, Kelly, is a great piece of advice. I would pick up the phone, and there were four phones, and maybe as soon as you hung up one, there was the next one. Like I said, you're billing uh, every 30, not getting paid for 90. People Mm -hmm. want their money. And they'd say, hey, Harris, I I need a, a check. I need to have a check. Get me out a check. And I'd say, can't do that. It's not going to be for X amount of weeks. And he'd say, what are you talking about? You know, it's 30 days I need it. And I'd say to them, look, I can tell you that, okay, before we get off the phone, by the end of the week, you'll have a check, no problem. And you'll hang up the phone. You're going to really be a happy camper. And then come Monday, when you didn't receive it, you're going to be calling me up and cursing me out. And I'll give you an excuse. Oh, it went out, blah, 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 blah. That's the usual routine. I said, I don't do that. I said, so when you ask me for something, no matter what it is, you may not like my answer, but you will love my answer. You'll come to love it. Why? Because you're going to know when you ask Harris a question, you're always going to get the truth. Right. And that way, you'll be able to depend upon what I tell you. And then plan accordingly. If engineers on a job would say, Harris, we have to have three more companies. And I'd go, yeah, 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 you'll have them tomorrow. Not if I wasn't going to do that. Mm-hmm. And so the business got built on if Harris told you something, whether you liked the answer or not, you liked it in the sense you knew it was the truth and you could depend and make plans accordingly to what he would tell you. So when people ask me about a secret to success in business, like – in real estate, Kelly, there's three rules, location, location, location. Yes. Well, in business, three rules I found is relationships, relationship, relationship. Keep them honest. Keep them true. And people will get not just to love you, they'll want to work with you because they know you're not putting them on about anything. Yeah, no truer advice than that. Relationships truly are everything. And so you built this successful construction business, and then you, well, today we would say you pivoted, and you started an indoor farming business, which you actually then replicated. Tell us about that. Yes, that was great. (laughs) That was great. What happened was... After finishing up business as a youngster, 28 years old, we went upstate New York, which is very rural. Nice, loved it. Being, it was a break from the, you know the city, which I loved. Was a break, and, and you just sit around for a little bit, and then then what? So my wife at that time, back in the early 70s, everything was very earthy. Yes. Right? Yes. They're very earthy, and she was reading a magazine, Natural News or something, talked about these two ladies that were growing sprouts. 
and selling them, you know, from the house they were going and selling them as a livelihood. I, I don't know. I said, okay, we'll try it. So <laughs> we grew up a half a dozen package of sprouts, drove two hours down to New York City, <laughs> sold them for 50 cents a bag to a health food store I knew, right? $3, came back the following week, you know, for the $3, and uh, he said, you know, they rotted, they're no good. Oh, no. I'm like, okay, back upstate. I said, okay, if we're going to do this, time to roll up our sleeves. Got to do business, I guess. Can I get away from business? And I'll give you the, 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 sh- the back end first, and we'll come into it. With Kelly, within a, two weeks, we're shipping a half a ton. Oh, my gosh. Now, you know, I don't know, are you familiar with alfalfa sprouts? I was gonna, kind of sprouts? Yeah, I was going to say, half a ton of sprouts is a heck of a lot of sprouts. Can you own them? And I'll be back in a week. If you don't sell them, that's fine. You don't owe me any money. If you sell them, you'll pay me. Well, it was a deal they couldn't refuse. And I knew when I came back a week later and I asked a loaded question, did they sell? Their answer was going to be yes. Of course it was going to be yes, because for 10 years they've been selling sprouts. It's just this time when their distributor came with the tofu and the beans and the the snack bars and the sprouts, they took everything except the sprouts. Right. Because they had mine. (laughs) Yep. Free. And of course my yes did they sell. Of course they sold. They've been selling for 10 years. So, you know, we had devised a way to, uh, you know, grow them and, and, and that they wouldn't rot out. There's a, there's a whole detail about growing in sprouts into a farming. And so, like I said, within two weeks, we're doing it half a ton a week. You're growing a lot of well, sprouts. That's a lot. I, we, uh, there was a fella up in a little town in New York, South Fallsburg, that he, uh, he had a a dairy business to all the big hotels he had uh he would deliver you know yogurts and cheese whatever you know up there and he had a one of his buildings he didn't use he just kept in there his uh walk-in uh, his refrigerated trucks so we rented some space from there used one of his refrigerated trucks for a walk-in cooler set up a system going the sprouts which by the way sprouts are amazing in four days you have a crop you put down the seeds and, you know, you have a crop. Like baby rabbits, huh? Or they're like rabbits. They reproduce Absolutely. fast. Absolutely. <laughs> so every four days, we're harvesting a quarter of a ton. I, well, it got to be cold in upstate New York. So a little too cold. So we left and went down. My mom was in Florida. Went down there. And what to do for livelihood. So I looked around. And there's a very, very big supermarket chain. I don't remember the name. They're still there. I think it begins with a P. They're throughout the whole uh, stuff. Publix or? Publix. That's, Publix, oh my God. yeah. Yes, I yes. Great one. It was Publix. Now, they sell everything, a lot of stuff in packages. You weren't going to have loose sprouts sitting there, right? So I had a fantastic label design. You ever see sprouts? They come in little plastic box. Yes. Okay, I was probably one of the first ones to ever do that. Really? And I had a brother-in-law who's a graphic designer. He would design stuff for Bankers Trust and General Electric. He was huge. And he said to me, Harris, he says, tell you what, no charge, but you have to let me design it and name it. 
Mm. I said, okay. So sure enough, he designed the box and the label. When walking into uh, Publix, the sales office, first thing is they looked at it. They said, wow, this is not a mom and pop thing you're doing. This is a professional job. They didn't know it was mom and pop, the growing method. And before you know it, I was shipping a zillion boxes a week to Publix. Good grief. Well, turned out didn't like Florida either. Too hot. (laughs) You move around a lot. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was interesting because at the time I had bought, we sold our house in New York. In the very beginning, I bought one of those silver bullets, I call them, the Airstream trailer. Mm-hmm. The big silver oh, one. Yeah. And we, we took it down south over the Blue Ridge Mountains. It was phenomenal. So we sold, it, sold the business down there, went back to New York. And that was the end of that adventure. But you, started, but you started a car rental agency then. Right. <laughs> so we go from construction to growing sprouts and now to, of course, car rental agency. Oh, right. Makes perfect sense. Yes. Absolutely. You know, like I said, it was the 70s. And back then, I guess everything made sense. <laughs> well, it was funny. When I originally worked for my dad and his partner, learning the uh, construction estimating, they were I was getting paid $65 a week, which even back then was not a lot of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> back then. And I said to him, Dad, I was getting married on $65 a week. You know, even though rent was $126 a month, how to make per week what your, your rent was per month. Mm-hmm. It used to be like a rule. So he says, Harris, what you're learning is a million dollars worth of business knowledge that you will be able to apply into any business you go. You're not learning contracting. You are, but you're watching and you're learning business. And he was right. And that, Kelly, is how I was able to bounce around. So we came back to New York. My two sons were, you know, old enough now. And I had a friend of mine who had a, a car agency. And he says, Harris, he says, I know you're looking to do something with the two guys. He said, why don't you have a car rental agency? He says, good business. Actually, I, I regretted doing it for a reason I'll tell you. So, okay, we started with four vehicles. Within about 18 months, we had 80 vehicles. Yeah, you, you scale fast. You, you know, you don't, you're not content to just do it uh, you know, a little at a time, are you? No, no. Busy guy. Busy guy. I got places to go. People see things to do. My dad used to look at me when uh, I was in the contracting. <laughs> I was 22 years old or so. He'd say, Harry, he'd see me running around like a crazy person. I had a lot of contracts going, a lot of – and back then, no cell phones, no, no copy machines. I had one of the first copy machines where you used the pink paper by heat and it made a copy. Oh, otherwise, yeah. I remember that. Right. Otherwise, I had people in the office and using carbon paper because everything with the government is seven copies. And it was the craziness. So he'd see me running around. He'd say, Harris, Harris, slow down, relax. He said, you see all these – problems you have, all the craziness. He said, I can guarantee you that a year from now, every single one of these things will be gone and a whole new set of other problems and things are going to come up. So true. Says, You're always going to have stuff. And, you know, I look at him and I'm saying, my dad, he doesn't stand, understand young Harris. He's got jobs. He's got contracts. He's got negotiations. People to move around job to job, materials to get there, bids, new bids to put in. How can I do all that? He'd say, I'd say to him, and be happy and relax. What's wrong with you, Dad? <laughs> I can't fit in because he'd say, just be happy, don't worry. I go, I can't do all those things and be happy. What is wrong with you? 
<laughs> with 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 that note, we have to go to break. We're going to be happy, and we're going to go to break. We come back, we'll pick up that story, and then talk about your book and some of the lessons that you have for entrepreneurs. You're listening to Smart Companies Radio on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Interested in growing your business? Thinking Bigger Business Media has the resources you need to grow your company to the next level, whether it's an aspiring business, a startup, established, or mature. Thinking Bigger provides the how-to strategies, critical connections, and key information to make your business more productive and more profitable. Check them out at IThinkBigger.com and find out what successful Kansas City business owners already know. Thinking Bigger Business Media is the resource for growing businesses. Visit them today at IThinkBigger.com. Get ready for an evening exploding with energy as we celebrate Kansas City's entrepreneurial community at the 15th Annual 25 Under 25 Awards Dinner and Gala, February 27th at the Downtown Marriott. Join host Thinking Bigger Business Media and sponsored Catalyst for cocktails, dinner, and entertainment as we recognize the achievements of 25 outstanding Kansas City area small businesses with under 25 employees. Reserve your tickets now at 25under25.com. That's 25under25.com. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We've been visiting here this morning with Harris Glasser, who has been telling us his entrepreneurial story. When he was in his 20s, he started a construction business, very successful at the time he was 28. And then of all things, he starts a indoor farm that produces sprouts takes that to Flo- from New York to Florida, then comes back to New York, starts a car rental agency, which after seven years he sells. It's very successful. He sells it within seven years. And now he has written a book, and it's called It's My Money and I Want It. And it's it's to help business owners and really anybody who wants to be – it goes back to that question I think that you asked your father. You know, what does it take for me to be rich? And there's just some very simple things you can do to become financially independent, really. And you've got a lot of those in this book, which you can find at harrishelps.org. Tell us, you know, the basic premise of the book, the inspiration for it. Okay. Uh, Someone called it. uh, It was Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio Taking Stock, had me on the show. He introduced me as the man who teaches us how to squeeze more juice (laughs) out of our orange. (laughs) <laughs> and it's great because that's not just for business. And the book has you know a number of sections in it, some for business people, some for householders, people on fixed income, people in debt with collectors. And it applies everywhere, squeezing more juice out of our orange. And I'll give you a perfect example of that. Okay, first of all, two, two, two rules to that in business or at home. Kelly, there are only two reasons that people – any of us need to make money. There's only two reasons. One is for our needs, our survival. Mm-hmm. The second is for our entertainment, our desires. So it's we make money for our needs and our desires. And the biggest problem comes in is when we mistake our desires for our needs. Then you overspend. Uh-huh. Perfect quick story. Two partners I knew. Uh successful. One would get him, have himself a big house, big car. The other one lived very modestly. After about 10 years, as things would have it, they wound up going out of business. And one partner would say to me, hey, Harris, remember when I was... And being partners, they would split everything equally. So the one partner would just take the difference in money, bonus or whatever, for what the car didn't cost or whatever they were spending. 
So when they went out of business, one fellow would say to me, Harris, hey, remember when I was on top? He says, I lived. I had the house. I had the set of wheels. You name it. Yeah, it's fine. And the other partner, well, it's funny. And in my conversation, he'd say, he'd say to me, you know, I didn't have the big car and the big house. He said, I took the difference in money. He said, I'm back in business. Mm-hmm. I don't need to be lurking looking for a job. Mm-hmm. One mistake their desires for their needs, the other lived modestly. Happens all now, the time. Yep. Yep. Now, in terms of so that's one way of squeezing more juice out of our orange and I tell people what to do, how to do that. This is a quick little thing is every day for two months I want you to write down every single dollar cash credit card and check that you write and what you spent it on. At the end of the two months I want you to look at that. Like a financial advisor said to me she did that. She couldn't believe that Christmas came early at the end of the third <laughs> month. They looked at the list, her and her husband, she was a a best-selling author on a financial book. He was a business financial consultant. And they said they did this. It was amazing. Next, squeezing more juice out of our orange for business people. This couple I knew, they they peddled jewelry down on the New York City Garment Exchange. And they came to me talking about how it was just, you know, it was door-to-door and this whole thing of sneaking past the boss in all these places to get to the receptionist that they sold a pair of earrings for for $25 and they'd have to come back each week to get paid out $5 an earring uh, a week for the $25 and they always felt like they're sneaking around and you know to, to collect their $5 for you know and this this is how they're living I said wait a second wait are you telling me that you're sneaking past the boss Right, who makes five hundred thousand dollars a year to get to the secretary making twenty five thousand a year? Seems ludicrous. Yeah, exactly. You're you're sneaking past the money. What is wrong with you? You got to be sneaking past the receptionist to get into the boss's office. Well, a light bulb went off in their head. Sure enough, they made the change. Kelly, they are very well off. Seven figure money. Mm. Very well off. Mm-hmm. They don't work often because now it's not it's not a twenty five dollar pair of earrings. It's a fifteen thousand dollar piece of jewelry, and they work at holiday times and when they get calls for, you know, birthdays, anniversaries. And we took it one step further, and that is, we all travel in the same financial circles. I assure you, I said to them, these wealthy people have wealthy friends. They wealthy people like to be catered to. So you're going to become people's personal jewelers and have jewelry parties at a wealth, one of these wealthy people's homes in which you'll invite their friends and you'll display all your exquisite pieces. Mm. And so that's how they run their business, getting more juice out of their orange, selling the same product, working easier, spending less time making more profits. And I don't think there's many people who would disagree with that approach. Um, We have just a short time left. And so I I do want to ask you for all of the business owners who are listening in today, what do you see as the biggest cause of financial problems in a business? If you could sum it up. Yes. I always tell people what you should be doing is not depending so much on a bookkeeper or accountant. The first six months of your business, you have a book called a uh, cash receipts and cash disbursements. You personally need to write 
every single item in there, every cash disbursement, every cash receipt. Because then when you do, it's in your blood and you look at it and it's going to talk to you. It's going to tell you things like, wow, these people, you know, these are great payers. You know, maybe I'll discount, but let me push for more for them. Or it just gives you a picture versus an accountant or bookkeeper showing you, uh, here's your cash receipts and cash disperse books and it's pages of just numbers and it's blah, 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 blah. You do it yourself. You have a control over it. Absolutely. It just becomes ingrained into you. It's, you embody the flow, basically. Uh, you, don't, it, you don't think about it. It's second nature to you. You just know it that well. So Perfectly said. Yeah. So, so you, need, you need to be able to control your books so that you really know yourself and you don't have to be dependent on someone else telling you about your cash position and, and uh, finding out after the fact that you're in a precarious position. For businesses that are starting that are, you know, they're bootstrapping. We all know that new businesses can't get loans unless they've got family, friends, or fools that are willing to loan them money. But, you know, banks and so right. forth are not going to loan a new business um, money. Right. How do you, how, how do you get started? You always say don't start from an undercapitalized position, yet so many businesses do. How do you overcome that? Okay. The first thing is, like we said, they undercapitalize their business, but we, let's take it one step back, and that's at their home. They need to tighten up at home mm-hmm. every single dollar they can because the, the business is undercapitalized because you need to draw a certain amount of money to live in the house. Mm-hmm. So that's your lifestyle. It, yep. Right. That's where it starts. You know, with you know this, what you've, it's costing you to you know to live. You know, you know the size of your car. What you know, how many times you're going out to eat. I give people on tips just on eating out, how to cut way back. And I love to eat out. You can save a ton of money the way you eat out in the same restaurants. Uh, you squeeze that number at home down. You know, uh, it's amazing how much that adds up. All the the restaurants, the oh, this little treat here, that little treat there. It doesn't have to be a restaurant, but just the treats, the the desires rather than the needs. Those really add up. Here's a quickie. I have a friend of mine who said, please don't take my little pleasure away from me on a radio show I was doing. And sure enough, I did. <laughs> I talked about him and his wife. You know, they go out in the mornings, they grab their Starbucks, mm-hmm. right? Three bucks each, six dollars, and maybe a little piece of pastry or something. It's eight, ten bucks. At the end of the you know, five, six days, it's fifty, sixty dollars. I tell them I have my cup of water, my little piece of pastry from the bakery in the house. I said, that's $60 cost me practically nothing. At the end of the year, it's $3,000. I always say to him, hey, I'm going to the Caribbean for about 10 days. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed that Starbucks every day. <laughs> right. So do you see what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, I do. People don't. That's why I tell people, make this list every day for 60 days, and you're going to see – we look at the $1,000 items, the air conditioner, the refrigerator, whatever, you know, 10 times before we spend the money. We don't look at the ones and the twos and yes. the $5. Bills. And they're, they're the ones that get you. So it's all about prioritizing. You have been a wealth of information today. Love your story. Tell us again where we can get your book. At Harris Helps. 
HarrisHelps.org. H-A-R-R-I-S, helps with an S, dot org. HarrisHelps.org. Harris, it's been wonderful having you on the show today, and you just have an amazing story. I wish you much continued success. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. It was a wonderful time. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at IThinkBigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at IThinkBigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.